All right, football fans, welcome to the greatest weekend of the year. That's right, the NFL Divisional Championship weekend in the NFL playoffs. We got Almar Yusuf on the call with some bubble tea. How you doing? Good, man. Just enjoying this uh, dirty flaming ube right now. Is that what it's called? Dirty flaming ube? Yeah. Nice. Is it? Is it? It's like a dirty chai. Same idea. I guess so. You know, it's, we got the brown sugar boba going on with some ube. Nice. So we got like a little creme brulee on top. Ooh. So, you know, loading myself up with all that sugar before I go to sleep. So nice. That sounds really good, actually. I got to check that out. Yeah. Nice. Awesome, man. Well, let's go ahead and jump right in. Want to thank you all for watching. Um, if you're watching on YouTube. Uh, as I always mention, go ahead and subscribe. And if you're watching on a, or listening on a podcast platform, go ahead and subscribe and, and leave a rating. But we're going to jump right into the action here. We got a four game slate. This is usually the best weekend of football of the year. You got the eight best teams in the NFL plan. But we're going to start with the Jacksonville Jaguars playing at the Kansas City Chiefs. This is the first game tomorrow. The Chiefs are nine point favorites. How do you see this game going? So I think this game is going to go one of either two ways. And I, I'll tell you right now, I think that the, the Chiefs are going to win in either scenario. <laughs> but um, either I think we're going to get, you know, the biggest blot of the weekend here. I think the, the environment, the crowd noise, the moment, right, it's just going to be so much for that young Jacksonville team. And the Chiefs, like with their firepower, with their quarterback, with their head, everything, you know. And you you might have a game that's like 33 to 10 or something. Or you can have a very, very close game. And you can have a game that's going back. I can see a game that's going back and forth because I got to give it to Trevor Lawrence, man. Like he, over the second half of the season, he has been one of the top quarterbacks, or he's been playing like one of the top quarterbacks in the league. And he's been showing up in clutch moments, leading comebacks. Mm-hmm. He was amazing last week in the second half of that game against San Diego, or uh, sorry, against Los Angeles. So I feel like, and you know, I kind of alluded to this last week when we were talking about Dallas. I feel like there are a lot of nerves in that wild card weekend. And it's like once you get past the nerves, you can kind of just play football. Like you yeah. kind of loosen up. You can kind of play free. And I think, you know, whether this goes to that first scenario or the second scenario in this game, I think the Jaguars are past the nerves. I do. I think, like, they'll be able to play free if they get the opportunity. Like if they play well, I'm saying. I think they'll be able to play free. They'll be able to play loose. And I can see this going like back and forth in a very surprising way, mm. in a very surprising game, um, just because of how hot you know Lawrence has kind of been. But also, what's kind of going unnoticed or under the radar? Two things, actually, I'd say. One is the defense. The Jacksonville defense is actually, you know, I think they've been playing very well. They're young, they're athletic, and I think. You know, I don't think they can slow down the Chiefs' offense, but I think that they can keep them in games. The other thing is that Peterson, Doug Peterson, you know, we've we've kind of talked about this. 
I think you know he he's probably second in line at this point to be coach of the year. I know I know they don't consider postseason, but the fact that he got this team to the postseason after Holly was looking in the first half of the season, I think carries a lot of weight. And he also knows Andy Reid, right? He has a history with Andy Reid. Mm, and true. I don't I don't think he's I mean, I don't think he's on par with Andy Reid or anything, but I think, you know, he he knows enough about him. So of the two scenarios, you know, I'm going to say as a football fan, hopefully that it's the second scenario. And I'm gonna go with that scenario. I think we're gonna have a surprising seesaw game. Again, I think the Chiefs are much more talented, and they have so many things in their favor here with the crowd and everything. But like you said, you know, this is the best weekend of football, and strange things happen. A lot, you know, it's weird. A lot of times, people think that the wild card weekend is where strange things happen, but I think the division round is where like you kind of get like a lot of kooky stuff going on. Mm. So I'm going to take the Chiefs to win this game, but I think it's going to be a lot closer. And I'll say thirty to twenty-four. The Chiefs get this win. Thirty to twenty-four. Yeah. Okay. And, 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 uh, thirty to twenty-four. Thirty to twenty-four. Okay. So in a close one. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah, I hadn't thought about that. Doug Peterson, Andy Reid uh, connection. They were together, I guess, in Green Bay, right? I think yeah, Andy Reid coached them in Green Bay. Philly. I don't remember. Right. Yeah, and maybe he was a, his assistant in Philly. You're right too. Yeah. So in multiple places. That's an interesting one, yeah, this coaching dynamic. Doug Peterson, what a blessing for this Jaguars team that they have him. I mean, they upgraded tenfold over uh, Urban Meyer. A statistic that I saw, I think it was on Barstool of all places, was uh, that Trevor Lawrence has never lost on Saturday yep. in his football life. You saw that? Yep. Uh, I thought that was that was really, really interesting. Um not at Clemson. And how, and, how, and how odd is it that he schedules for another Saturday game, like two weeks in a row, right? Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah, I don't know. I thought that was kind of an interesting point, but um, I think it's really it, – it's going to happen. It's going to happen today. I think he's going to take his, his first loss. There's too many things going on. Number one, this could be the last home game for the Chiefs, possibly, if the, uh, if the, uh, the Bills win because then they have to play at that neutral site. So uh, Kansas City is going to be pumped. Uh, that crowd is something else. And the Jaguars, what I see teams usually do is in their progression, they make incremental steps. And so the Jaguars have already made that first step. And the Kansas City Chiefs are just too high-powered. Um, they don't have any injuries that would maybe uh, lead to an upset like this. But... Um, there's just not enough there. I, you, you know, I, I understand that they have been playing well as of late, and I think they, they've won a, a bunch of games in a row. And, and um, I would like for it to be a competitive game. I just – and I think maybe it will be in the first half. I just – the Chiefs have too much. They just got too much. And I'm going to take them in somewhat of a route, 30 to 16. So maybe it will be close in the first half, and then they break it open later. Uh, that's yeah. probably the smarter route, to be honest. It's probably the more likely outcome. But I would li- I'd like to see that back and forth game. That would be a lot more fun. Moving on to the NFC East battle in the playoffs. Somehow these teams are meeting 
in the um, NFC Divisional Championship game, the New York Giants at the Philadelphia Eagles. Eagles are seven-and-a-half-point favorites. Who better to ask this question to than an NFC East fan? What do you think is going to go on in this one? It's been a crazy season for both teams. Yeah, yeah. This one, um, I'm actually really looking forward to this game. Mm. I think this is going to be a really fun game, to be honest with you. Um, I think, so I think on one hand you have the Eagles who, are such a talented team. Like, you know, I've said it before, top to bottom, that roster is one of the best in the league. And, you know, they're loaded on both sides. The offensive and defensive lines are both, well, the offensive line is probably the best in the league. The defensive line is up there. And, you know, they they should win this game handedly. But the key word is should. Mm. I think the fact that this is a divisional game and that this is the third time that they're meeting, that carries a lot of weight. And I think, again, like I'm not necessarily bullish on the Giants or anything, but I think they've been playing actually pretty well recently. I think Dable has done a, an amazing job with that offense and maximizing Daniel Jones, kind of unlocking his abilities a little bit. I'm sorry. Not Daniel Jones. Vanilla Vic. He's done an amazing <laughs> job with Vanilla Vic. Yeah. 17 rushes last week. Like, bro, like, who would have... I mean, I've been saying this for a while. I was like, hey, he's pretty fast. Like, and Giants fans, my friends who are Giants fans would be like, okay, he's not that fast. I was like, no, dude, he's pretty fast. Mm. And I feel like you should, you know, use it a little bit. And he's a big guy. Right. So I would kind of, you know, I, I, I would have wanted to use him. And... Dable's doing that in a very smart way. He doesn't expose him to hits, or at least that I've seen. And, you know, he, he kind of maximizes the efficiency of, you know, his design runs. And um, Saquon, what a renaissance, man. Like, I thought this guy was done. Like, last year, I was like, okay, this, you know, injuries have kind of caught up to him. But what a renaissance, man. Like, he's, he's playing amazing. But the thing is, is that while the offense gets the attention because of Dable, who again, like his coach of the year, in my opinion, that defensive line, man, like Kayvon, Kayvon uh, Thibodeau has really come on lately. Mm-hmm. And Dexter Lawrence is a beast. Yes. Like Dexter Lawrence is a monster. I think he, I have to think about it, but he might be the second best like interior lineman in the, in, in the conference, like in the NFC. Mm-hmm. He might be the second best interior interior lineman right now. I don't know, man. I I really want to pick the Giants here, to be quite honest, just because of like the way they're playing, the fact that it's a home um, not a home game but a divisional game, and the last time that these two teams played, the Giants, you know, it was their JV squad, right? With all respect to like their second straight, the Giants were not really playing that game, and I think that that kind of matters because now you know you have everything for for you, you know you have everything at stake now and I feel like when you get to this point most offensive coaches or most coaches in general offensive defensive good coaches they have a completely different set of plays a completely different you know scheme or a set of schemes that they will want to run and I don't think 
you know, we've seen what Dable would do necessarily yet. So I'm going to take the Giants here. And like, Ooh. I, I am. I'm going to take the Giants. And, and it might be because I want them to win. But, right. Um, I'm going to say very close game. 23 to 21. Giants win this game. Wow. And one one last thing I do want to point out there is we do have to see how healthy Jalen Hurts is. It's his, remember, it's his throwing shoulder. And from what I remember, it was an AC sprain, if I remember correctly. Um, I've seen quarterbacks who have dealt with sprains in the AC joint, and it's taken some time, or it's taken, had an effect on their ability to throw. So that's going to be something that I would want to keep an eye on. But again, with the way that that team is playing, especially that D-line right now, which has been very impressive to me, I'm going to take the Giants in a very close 23-21 to 21 game. Wow, upset special. I yeah. like it. Uh, I have to agree, the Eagles have been, well, the best NFC, te- NFC team all year, I mean, in terms of you know record and you know consistency throughout the year. Some of their teams, Niners, Cowboys, have been good in spurts, but I think Eagles, you know, throughout the year have been the most consistent, especially when they have all their starters. Jalen Hurts, you're right, though. He's only played, I think, one game in the last five weeks. He does have some rust. They didn't look that good in the uh, the last few weeks. Uh, I mean, the last week against those those uh, Giants second and third stringers, uh, they almost lost that game. And um, they they were playing simultaneously with Dallas, so they they knew they needed it to uh, preserve the number one seed, preserve the division. Um, and I don't really think anyone on the on this current iteration of the Eagles team is. Playoff tested. Not yet. Not yet, at least. Well, Hurts uh, played in the playoffs last year. He played in the playoffs last year. Yeah. Yeah, and I think, if I remember, they got routed. Like, exactly. Like, yeah. Yeah. No, I mean, yeah, past Eagles teams, but this, you know, just kind of looking through the roster, and it doesn't look like they have, like, a ton of uh, playoff experience through a lot of their best players, especially on offense. And the Giants have a lot of momentum and you know I look at visions of 2008 and 2012 when there were also six seeds and nobody nobody expected them to do anything in those playoffs they came absolutely out of nowhere it's a divisional game as you mentioned they're not scared of them you know you know some teams they'll go into somebody else's stadium and it'll be the playoffs and they'll be scared of them they've seen them twice they see them twice every year so Oh, why? It goes against all the metrics. But I am also taking the Giants in this game to win 24-22. to 22. I agree with you. I think it's almost the exact same score that you gave. You said 23-21. I said 24-22. Um, I just think it's, it's going to happen. I think everything is lining up for this to happen. The Eagles are a little rusty. The Giants have so much momentum. This just seems like it's just going to be like a clash. You know, it's funny. Um, I saw something on Twitter, like um, there's like an Eagles like fan fan page, and they were retweeting like this video. It was a video of like the Giants practice, and like they were all dancing and stuff. And they were retweeting it as like if to say, "Oh, look, these guys aren't taking it seriously." But um, like the retweet that I saw from was like from a Cowboys, you know, follow. 
and they were saying like this looks like the Giants are actually loose and like mm. kind of like unbothered by you know all the noise and everything. And I was like, yeah, it could definitely be that. And the other thing is, remember, Dable has Brian Dable does have success in the playoffs, right? Like, as a member of the Bills, right? And yep. I think he was on the Pat staff too, right? If I unless I'm mistaken, like he is familiar with the playoffs, so that sure. is another factor to know. And they got nothing to lose. I mean, yeah. they should be playing yeah. loose. The Eagles, this is their season from heaven. I mean, you know, they were almost undefeated, and they have all they have all the pressure. The Eagles have all the pressure. The Giants have no pressure. They have already exceeded expectations, and um, they will be playing loose. And I think that they are. I think they're going to upset them. And uh, it makes no sense metrics wise. You look at this team. I mean, other than the defensive line and the overperformance of. Daniel Jones and Saquon staying healthy for a year. Who thought that would ever happen? I mean, I don't know. Brian Dayball brought brought in some new strength trainers, or he just used him um, in a more judici- judicious kind of way, you know, just, um, I don't know, running in the outsider. I don't know. It's really – there's no way to explain how Saquon stayed healthy this whole year. Uh, Naif will attest to that too, but it happened. Uh, oh, maybe, maybe because they're running him less. They're, they They gave Daniel Jones more carries than him, so maybe that's it. Yeah, but, um, yeah, they might be like exposing him to less hits with the way he's used. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I think it's going to be crazy. Giants in the NFC Championship game if this goes down. How crazy would that be? Insane. Anyway, moving on to the Cincinnati Bengals at the Buffalo Bills, the rematch of that uh, Monday night game that will not be forgotten. The Bills are five and a half point favorites here. Who do you got in this one? This is a good game. Should be a great game, but I think five and a half is a bit of a that's that's a bit much to be quite honest with you. Could be. I um. So it's funny. Like I, I think the Bills are a better team, top to bottom. Like I think their offense, defense, everything is better. But I give the slight edge to Cincinnati on the quarterbacks. Again, I think at this point you're talking about two of the top five quarterbacks, maybe two of the top three at this point, you know, between Josh Allen and Joe Burrow, they're both up there. I think Burrow's, I would put Burrow above Allen if we're doing that. Mm. Um, I just think he plays, you know, I've, I've already alluded to this, I think he's the second best quarterback in the league right now. And I think he plays the position, like he plays quarterback better. I think Ryan Clark actually said this, so credit to him if he's somehow watching this at some point. Yeah, I'm not like making this up. Josh Allen is like the freakier athlete. What worries me here is how much of what happened like three weeks ago comes into play here, right? It's like how much does Buffalo? How much does it weigh on Buffalo, right? How much you know? How can they? kind of proceed forward with that um i feel like buffalo should win um so i you know i don't want to do it but i'm going to reluctantly take buffalo because i love burrow man like that's like he's one of my favorite players like i love him but i just i just don't know if they can match the talent that the bills have right now I think he's good enough to carry the the bang, uh, to carry the Bengals, you know, and, and, and kind of overcome that talent discrepancy. So I would not be shocked if the Bengals win. 
but I'm going to say because of the, the talent difference on both sides of the ball, I'm going to say the Bills, and I'll say in a very close game, I'll say 30 to 27. Mm. You mentioned this earlier about top five QBs. I want to get your top five QBs, one to five. Who do you got? Oh, man, that's tough. Um, so I'll say, well, Mahomes. Okay. Burrow. Allen. Uh, this is where it gets tricky. Um, you got Dak, I, you got Justin Herbert, you got Jalen Hurts. Who do you think? Who do you get? Yeah, I really, team? so I really want to say Dak, but the thing is, is like, this year, unfortunately, like he's the picks. Like I, I, I feel like, you know, like I've said, like half of them are not on him. But I just feel like there have been too many picks for me to justify top. Now I think he is like overall. Yeah. But if we're talking about like for this year, I'll probably say um, Hertz is up there. He's had like Hertz. I cannot you know take away from the year that he's had. Mm. And. I might say Trevor Lawrence, man, because of really? the way that I'm. I'm lean. I'm like nobody else is coming to my mind right no. now, but I'm thinking it because of how he's played in the second half yeah. and leading into the playoffs. This kind of resurgence, right. um, yeah, man. Like I'm, I'm, I'm kind of thinking it might be him, him, him or Herbert. Like it would be okay. him or Herbert. Like it'd be five, five, six, one of those two. Gotcha, gotcha. Yeah. Okay. Where, where, where do you think Dak is right now? Probably on the cusp. I'd have him okay. like seven, eight. If okay. it wasn't if if it wasn't for the turnovers, yeah. I'd probably have him at four or five. Right. Okay. Interesting. Yeah, yeah. So uh DeMar Hamlin, I think they're gonna have him sitting in the um in the suite during this game and they're gonna feed off his energy and him being there and, and um you know, both both of these defenses as I've watched them over the past few weeks, they've They've kind of regressed lately. Um, you saw it last week. Dolphins, uh, they gave up 31 points to the Dolphins. Uh, the Bengals have just been okay. I mean, giving up 17 points to that Ravens team I think is too much. And then over the past few few weeks before that, haven't been that stellar. It's going to be an electric atmosphere in Buffalo. Um, this is what I think is going to be their last home game as well. Uh, because the NFC, uh, the AFC Championship game that's going to be played in Atlanta, that's going to be very, very bizarre. By the way, to have it in Atlanta instead of Kansas City or Buffalo Bills, I think they, I think the product is really going to suffer. To be honest with yeah. you, um, it's it's just not what what it could have been. And I'm kind of uh, bearing the lead here, and, and because I, I think that the Bills are going to win this. I mean, I think uh, I think it's going to be a great game. There's going to be a lot. Of uh, Joe Burrow to uh, Jamar Chase, uh, Joe Burrow to Mixon and, and Samaje Piran and T. Higgins and all these guys, but um, Bills just too much offense, defense really well balanced. Uh, tables are going to be breaking all over the region, and and uh, the Bills are going to take this. I think in a classic. Uh, I think it's going to be high scoring. I think it's going to be forty to thirty seven Bills. Wow, yeah, That'd be fun. yeah. I think it's going to be a good one. I think it's going to be a good one. But now. I think what's going to be the best game of the weekend, a real, real test here. Final game, Sunday night, Dallas Cowboys at the San Francisco 49ers. Uh, 49ers are four-point favorites. Usually they give the home team three points, so they're saying really it's maybe going to be a one point. They're one point better than the, the Cowboys. Floor is yours, man. What do you think is going to happen in this one? 
Man, this is so. If you had asked me this two weeks ago, right, I would have said no chance. Like I, I, I felt like the 49ers, you know, were uh, more talented, more physical. The coaching is like, you know, amazing. Now though, based on what I've seen, and it's it's funny. It's not just the Tampa game. It's not just the Tampa game. It's the fact that we've seen this during the season, right? I understand that there have been some lapses, but, like, what team doesn't have lapses? The, the, the Chiefs had to go to overtime to beat the Texans. Like, and lost to the happens. Colts. Huh? And lost to the Colts. And lost to the Colts. Like, this stuff happens. Like, it, I just feel like sometimes it gets magnified because of who the Cowboys are and, like, they sell and... Jerry's kind of like, you know, he wants us in the news all the time. Like, whatever. I have seen this team, like, blow out the Minnesota Vikings at home. I've seen this team beat, like, the Bengals with the backup quarterback. Like, I I am not, I guess, as nervous as I would have been previously. I'm much more confident in this team's ability to um, kind of play up to this game and compete here. I think, you know, like I said, if it, if it weren't for the turnovers, Dak is to be top five. Like if I'm taking, if I'm, if, if you're asking me to pick a quarterback to start a team with, he's top five. The only reason he's not top five right now is again, because of the turnovers. And thankfully, you know, so far in the playoffs and inshallah that continues, hasn't been an issue. And it, frankly, it, that's, that's more of who he is. He had one of the greatest, touchdowns to interception ratios in NFL history. So this year so far in terms of the interceptions has been a bit of an anomaly. If we get that, if we get that, even close to that, along with Micah Parsons kind of playing close to how he played, then this team, like, you know, a lot of people have said this, this team can compete and beat any other team in the league. Because you have two players playing at like elite top levels on both sides of the ball. Now the key, the key thing to me here, like the big like kind of matchup here, is going to be the Dallas defense and what they do with the San Francisco offense getting yak. Like, you know, when you have Debo and you have McCaffrey catching these screens, catching these hitches. Ooh getting these short little slants or curls and, like, turning them upfield. That's, like, the biggest X factor. That's the biggest matchup in this whole game. Because if the Cowboys struggle to tackle, it's going to be a long day for them. But if they're able to kind of corral that, then I think they can compete. And even more importantly, if they can disrupt Brock Purdy, if they can get to him. I don't know if you've seen this, but... So, they have played, I think... Like two teams with like a, a really high point differential. I don't remember what what the exact stat was, but one is like the Chiefs, who they got, who they lost to, right? Mm-hmm. And one were, was the Seahawks. Everybody that they played in the last like nine weeks or whatever have not been good teams for the mm-hmm. most part. I think the highest ranked defense that uh, Brock Purdy has played was the Commanders, who were like overall seventh, which is a good defense. Mm-hmm. And then, God, I can't remember the other team, but they were, like, 13th. Okay. Which is, like, decent. Everybody else is, like, 25th, 30th, like, 27th, like, whatever. 
this is the best, should be the best defense that he's going to play all year. Yes. And you watched the game last week closer than I did, and I'm sure you saw that in the first half he was not looking great. Right. So if they can get to Brock Purdy, then I think that they can really, like, they can disrupt every, everything else, right? Like, like I, I was listening to a podcast today, and they said that the key thing here is to cut the head off the snake. You go after Brock Purdy. Because if you do that, then you don't have to worry as much about Debo and McCaffrey and Ayuk and Kittle and all these, like, great players that they have. Because, like, if the quarterback is not able to get the ball to the weapons that he has, then, you know, that's that, that makes your defense, uh, that makes their job a lot easier. So I'm expecting that this pass rush and Dan Quinn's going to have something dialed up. And I think that offensively, I would look for, like I alluded to last week, I would I would look for a controlled passing game from the Cowboys. Because that secondary is the weak point of the defense. By the way, when I say weak point, it's a great defense. They have like a top three, maybe the best defense in the league. But the back end, as you know, is a little susceptible. Yeah. So I would look for a controlled passing game in this game. And I'm not going to make a pick. I'm All I'm going to say is that I hope the Cowboys win, inshallah. And the score that popped up in my mind, this is probably me being, I said, well, initially I said 37-23, which is a bit of a blowout, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna go there. I'm just gonna say that the score that I could see is something like 30 to 24 or 30 to 23, something like that. But okay. it's just me hoping, inshallah, that that happens. All right, the first ever inshallah pick on the pick of <laughs> show. You know, you bring up a great point about um, Brock Purdy not playing an elite defense yet. Uh, I didn't know that before. Um, and I'm going to start by saying that 49ers are my least fa- favorite football team. I hate, I hate them. I hate their fans. I hate everything about them. I have um, vivid memories in Seattle in 2010 and 2011 of these guys when they would beat the Seahawks and just gallivant about the city and, and, and bang, bang, Niner gang and all this kind of crap. So, can, real, real quick. Yeah. One thing I've noticed – and I kind of noticed this last year when we played them. So I always have had like immense respect for the for the 49ers just because of the history that the two franchises have. I've always liked them. Bro, their fans were just so cocky and like so like they're talking so much smack. And then like what's going on now is they'll take snippets of, for example, Micah Parsons had an interview, right? Mm-hmm. And he said like he was crediting the team and then he said like, Oh well, you know they haven't played a team like he said. Like, yeah, we haven't played them, but they haven't played a team like us either. And they they took that snippet, yeah, and they started posting it and tagging all their all, all of their players and like acting like it's bulletin board material. Yeah. I'm just like, you guys are favorites here. Like, why are you like right. acting like you want to be the underdog so bad? Like, yeah. I I cannot believe how irritated. Like, bro, like I was shocked at how like some of these fans are like yeah. I, was, I was honestly blown away. but you know them better than I very so, very oh. arrogant I mean they like uh, they were going all, around all the train stations and uh, you know leaving their their flags there those 49ers flags and um there's no no fan base I like less than the 49ers so I want to get that out of the way 
I don't, I don't like them. I don't like their team. I don't like anything about them. However, facts are what we've seen this season is they are very likely playing like the best team in the league right now. They're having their moment. All right. I hope it's somebody topples them, but they are having their moment. And they have been the most balanced on defense and offense despite going through three in, uh, two injured quarterbacks and on to, to Mr. Irrelevant here. Last week, the Seahawks went after their one deficiency, which is their cornerback, uh, Lenore. And DK put up 130 yards. I think he had 10 catches, two touchdowns, torched them. And they still got blown out. Um, and I think the Cowboys are going to scheme CD to uh, put up similar numbers on Lenore, maybe 150 and two touchdowns, something like that. And if the Cowboys play at their absolute maximum potential – on defense, you know, Micah gets to Purdy. Uh, those DBs like Curse and Diggs and, and everyone catches every ball because he will throw balls at defensive backs. So if they catch every one of those balls, if they get Pollard out in space on offense, and if Dak doesn't throw any interceptions, then I absolutely think they can pull it off. But because that counts on so many things lining up. It, it doesn't seem likely to me, so I'm going to reluctantly take the Niners here to win 31-24 uh, to 24 in a close game. And I still think if that happens, this would be considered a successful season for the Cowboys, in my opinion. But I do want to kind of get your take on how it complicates the coaching situation, right? Because I know a lot of uh, Dallas fans – Talk about, you know, whether they want to keep McCarthy long term or whether they want to bring in Sean Payton. What does this do for Dan Quinn? He, I think he might be interviewing for some jobs. Is Kellen Moore also still interviewing for some jobs? So I'm curious. So whether they win this game or lose this game, what do you think is going to happen uh, with the coaching? Are you satisfied with McCarthy, Payton, Quinn, Moore? What do you think about that situation? Yeah. Um... So first of all, I think I think like those are all great points. And hey, man, San Francisco's favored for a reason. So it's it's totally understandable. Unfortunately, they're, they're yeah. Unfortunately, they're a really good team. Um, as far as like kind of the bigger picture with coaching, it's kind of funny. Like I think like last week's win really started shaping the paradigm or changing the paradigm. I think a lot more Cowboys fans, if they weren't already, are really starting to come around to McCarthy. And liking what he does, or liking what he's done. First time winning back-to-back, having 12-win seasons in back-to-back seasons since the mid-90s. This is the first road playoff game win since, like, 1992. The the last time we played San Francisco in the NFC Championship game. And, you know, look at what he's done without Dak. Like, he won games. Bro, for 10 years, okay, for 10 years when Jason Garrett was our head coach... Tony Romo went down, we were not winning games. Hmm. We struggled to win games. 2015, Romo gets hurt, right? We have Brandon Whedon. We have Matt Castle. We won, I think, one game with those guys. Then Romo comes back, and he gets hurt again in the same game that he comes back. It's a disaster. And then, I don't know if you remember, but, like, when Sean Lee was playing, Sean Lee gets hurt, the defense falls apart. When Tyron Smith, you know, gets hurt, the offense falls apart. So for 10 years, right, we had coaching that was not able to scheme around talent uh, uh, 
discrepancies or talent ineptitude, right? Now you have a guy, and I saw this last year. I saw it, not last year, I'm sorry. I saw it in 2020 in his first year when Dak got hurt. And I think uh, Andy Dalton got hurt as well. So we started Ben DiNucci at Philadelphia. And (laughs) Ben DiNucci, he did not play well. We didn't win the game. But the things that I saw, like the scheming, the coaching, that was very reassuring to me. Mm. I feel like McCarthy, even if we lose this game, shall we win? But like, even if we lose... I think he's done enough to keep the job. And I think that now it might depend on how the game goes, right? Like I was listening to a podcast today. If they lose like 41 to seven, that doesn't happen. Mm-hmm. Then we might be having a different conversation. But, you know, I think either way, I think what he's done, what he's building, right? Like it, it, it's all like progressing towards something. Look at what he's done with this defense. I understand it's Dan Quinn, and Dan Quinn deserves the most credit out of the coaches. But McCarthy still deserves credit for having him on the staff. You know, this is the best defense I've seen in like 15 years, at mm-hmm. least, maybe 20. And from my opinion, I think McCarthy, should, you know, he, he, he's earned um, he's earned the job. He should stick around. I I was very bullish on Sean Payton before because I felt like his his kind of mind, his offensive mind kind of sets him apart. But at this point, I just – I don't want to give up draft picks, you know. Like, right. I don't – you don't want to give up compensation for that. And the players – the other thing is the players love McCarthy, man. McCarthy is a very player. He knows – he is very good at taking care of his players. Like, he will start resting guys – he won't overwork them, you know. If 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 uh, they're practicing too much, he'll sit them. Um, and I think that that is invaluable, to be quite honest. So I think he's done enough. I think Dan Quinn. There's a decent enough chance that he might be gone. I think. I mean, I know how you feel about that. Like he he's more of a DC and less of a head coach type. And I think that that's valid. I I can totally see that being true. But, you know, in this league, like, when you have success, you get more opportunities. Of course. Well, in theory. Um, depending on your skin color. Um, <laughs> I'm just kidding. Yeah, this, true. Um, um, no, so I, you know, I will say this, though. If if he doesn't go to Denver, then I feel like his chances of returning as our DC skyrocket. Because I don't see where else he would want to go as the head coach. And here's the yeah. other like important point. Another thing that I was listening to. New Orleans is likely going to want a, a first round pick for Sean Payton. At least, right? All those teams are looking for coaches, bro. They have like a top 10 pick, a top 5 pick, a top whatever pick. Do you think they really like? Do you think the Texans want to give up the second round pick? The number 2 overall pick? Like no, bro. No I think I think the Cardinals have like the number nine. Look, whatever it is, right? The Broncos have another pick in like the twenties. Like that's like perfect. Like that 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 makes so much sense. Where you know you can do that, you can get in. You have an offensive minded guy who can maybe come help fix uh, Russell Wilson. 
I guess the only thing that kind of uh, complicates it is the Vic Fangio question. But uh, sorry, I know I'm kind of going off on a tangent now. But no, uh, yeah, I I, I I think that I would I would assume that Dan Quinn would be gone. But if that Denver job, if he doesn't get the Denver job, then I I, I think that that increases his likelihood of coming back. Yeah, you know, looking at the arc of uh, McCarthy's career. Um, I think he's really earned the spot at this point, especially what he's done over the past few weeks. You know, the the uh, the thing that you mentioned last week where he motivated them in that way, showing him yeah. that their playoff um, lack of success is not is not their fault, and this is this is their team, this is their destiny. It's not has nothing to do with the Cowboys' past teams, and to give up a number one overall a number one uh, draft pick for Peyton. In exchange for uh, – uh, that's not a big enough upgrade over McCarthy to me, in my opinion. You know, it's not worth giving up a first-round pick. No way. Uh, it is interesting what you mentioned with uh, Dan Quinn in, in Denver. Um, when he was going to the Falcons, he was going to an offensive-centric team, essentially with Matt Ryan and Julio and whatnot. And he was tasked with re- rebuilding that defense, which – you know, you can't do that if you're the head coach of a of a team. You know, you can only really focus on the entire thing. You know, you have to you have to hire a DC in order to really, you know, hone in on how you're gonna call plays and, and, and build that that defense. But Denver is a defensive centric team, right? So I, I think that maybe if it were to happen, then he would have a possibility of uh, being a little bit better on Denver. But I, I it would depend on who he hires as his OC. Um, would it be Kellen Moore? I don't know. Do you, do you think that they're going to, uh, to, to to lose Kellen Moore here? Just the, in the last bit here. Do you think that if Dan Kuhn were to go, he would take Kellen Moore with him? So I think you're a mute. Um, I don't know if he'd take Kellen Moore with him. I think, um, I think Kellen Moore would either stay in Dallas or he would go somewhere else. Like be head coach somewhere else hmm. um i don't know if you remember but last year he he interviewed for a job at his alma mater at boise state for the head coaching position mm-hmm. so i mean college is another opportunity for kellen i kellen's interesting more so than dan quinn because it, it just seems like you know you're, you're again like whether dan quinn can be a successful head coach or not that aside it just seems like the momentum is building for him to get that chance like He's like one of the hottest names, right? Kellen's interesting because every year that he and Dak have been together, with the exception of when Dak, you know, got hurt, they've had the number one offense in the league. This year it was like number two. Mm-hmm. And Kellen will have like these kind of lapses for a game or two or like in within the where he'll just do like weird, like stupid things or he'll get too cute. Uh, or he'll get away from the run, like, you know, things like that, that they're kind of like these warts that he has, but part of me feels like that's just youth and inexperience coming in. And I feel like, to me, Kellen is in a great position or has been in a great position where he can kind of learn and take from McCarthy and kind of take that experience. Um I think if I was going to assume, like guess right now, I think that there's a chance that Kellen, there's a better chance that Kellen is back 
than Dan Quinn. I don't, I don't, I don't think he would take Kellen Moore with him. I think Dan Quinn would probably start fresh and do his own thing because Kellen Moore was Jerry Jones's pick. Like that was like mm. we like you know we want Kellen. Kind of started grooming him a little bit. So I think Dan Quinn as the head coach, wherever he goes, will probably want to do his own thing there. Interesting. Yeah, it'll be interesting to see what happens. Uh, all right, we, we gave folks an, an extra segment of. Uh, for, of Cowboys coaching, but I think that there are a lot of like interesting pieces there. Uh, yeah, so I'm glad we got to it. Yeah, because I think you're going to have ripple effects, like right, like what happens in Denver, for example, is going could affect like the Cowboys or what happens uh, with the Saints. You know, like yeah, these things tend to have ripple effects and impact other positions and other openings. So it's all kind of connected. Yeah, and even. If the uh, like what happens with uh, D'Amico Ryan, if, you know, depending on this game for the 49ers, if they lose, what happens to him? So, yeah, there's a lot of coaching implications, I think, in this game. Yeah. Um, but, yeah, so I want to thank you all for, for listening. That brings this uh, podcast to a close, the, the precursor to the, uh, the best weekend of football here. Uh, I want to thank everyone for listening. If, I want to remind you, if you're watching on YouTube, go ahead, subscribe, share, like, comment. Uh, if you are listening on a podcast platform, Subscribe, leave a rating, uh, follow us on Instagram and Twitter, the Football v. Football Podcast. Omar Yusuf, looking forward to the games this weekend, man. Go Cowboys take down them damn Niners. Looking forward to it, man. <laughs> I have, uh, I'll have my tasbih in hand, bro. Amin, amin. <laughs> Special du'a. Inshallah. Thank you so much for tuning in. Have a fantastic day, football fans. <laughs>